Brunson v. Adams, what can be done? This is the approach that if I wanted to take on this 900 pound gorilla, this is the approach that I would take. Number one, I would petition the legislature and I would send all of the evidence to the legislature. And if the legislature does nothing about it, next what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna file in either the appellate court or the Supreme Court, depending on where it is, a writ for man, a writ of mandamus, a petition for a writ of mandamus. Will the people take this responsibility and learn these things and teach them to their children and get together in their churches and organizations and make up their minds? This is the most important thing that any American can do right now in these, in these times. Learn the rules. Hey guys, Sean from SGT Report here. Thanks so much for tuning in. That was my friend, Pro Se expert James Tracy, and of course, the father of Pro Se information and how to win in court without a lawyer, Frederick Graves. Guys, what if I told you our problems can be solved if only you knew the rules? In this one, we talk about Brunson v. Adams and a whole lot more. We go deep. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Before we start, just a quick word about our sponsor. Gold prices could surge to $4,000 an ounce in 2023, and Noble Gold Investments has the details. As recession fears persist, Jorg Keener, Chief Investment Officer of Swiss Asia Capital, said that many economies could face a bit of a recession in the first quarter, which would lead to many central banks slowing their pace of interest rate hikes, making gold instantly more attractive. If 2022 taught us anything at all, it's that tangible assets are the only assets you can count on, like gold. Now, of course, past performance is no guarantee of future results, so do your own due diligence. Thousands of people have started to make a move towards securing their retirement. Join them by opening a gold IRA or silver IRA with Noble Gold Investments. If you get in before the end of this month, you'll get an incredible free quarter ounce American Gold Eagle coin with every qualified IRA of $50,000. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com. Friends, welcome back. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's Sean from SGT Report with my returning guests, Pro Se Experts, Dr. Fred Graves and James Tracy. Dr. Fred Graves' website is howtowinincourt.com without a lawyer, friends. And of course, James Tracy, his new podcast or show is called The Justice Revolution. You can find that on Rumble, YouTube, BitChute, etc. First, James, welcome back. Thank you, sir. Good to be here. Good to have you. And Dr. Graves, welcome back. How are you, sir? What a joy. Still vertical. What a pleasure to have you. You know, we're going to talk a little bit today about Brunson v. Adams. Evidently, SCOTUS decided to pass on that for now. It doesn't mean the case is dead necessarily, but we'll start with a little bit of a news roundup. Some good news, some not so good news. New York City judge overturns healthcare worker vaccine mandate and rules Governor Kathy Hochul and the state health department overstepped their authority. We'll go on to the next news item. Now, this gal would have benefited from that ruling because I'm betting she did take the vaccine. Dr. Harriet Hall, staunch critic of anti-vaxxers and alternative healthful medicine, holistic medicine. Well, she just died in her sleep. I don't know if this is God just leveling the playing field, friends, or what. But that woman, I bet, was fully vaxxed. Gentlemen, did you see this? I'll tell you what, in a world gone mad and a republic hanging by a thread, San Francisco Reparations Committee mulls paying $5 million to each black resident and granting them total debt forgiveness. Now, let me put this in perspective briefly, and then I want my guests to comment on any of these news items we've heard so far. There is also 
a reparations committee that was assembled by Gavin Newsom, and they're recommending something like $275,000 be paid to every black resident in California. The cost of this thing, well, who knows? It's probably you know half a trillion dollars, but who's counting at this point? Gentlemen, any comments on those three news items? I have two more I want to share. Okay. An old book I read years ago was written probably around 1840 or something like that. Fellow said that when the government begins to feed some of the people, it prepares all to be slaves. Mm-hmm. And he said that one of the principal bulwarks of the concept of a republic is that no man or set of men should be entitled to separate emoluments. That's a word that means privileges yep. Yep. from the community, from the government. Well, we've gotten so far away from that uh, for various reasons that we could discuss at length you know, at a barbecue or something in the backyard. But uh, we don't have time today to even get into that. But it's it's insane, absolutely insane. And uh, and can I just say one? Well, I better be careful saying what I was about to say. I'll just leave it alone because it's not politically correct. Well, hey, this is the place to say what you mean, what you really mean, because in my opinion, this is the antithesis of a republic where a reparations committee in a city can mandate that one resident receive $5 million while other residents pay for that money. I mean, this is two wolves and a sheep voting over what's for dinner. It's the antithesis of our beloved Republic, Dr. Graves. Well, you're singing to the choir, Sean. I've been at this for, I, you know, I was, I was fighting all this before I went to law school. I was, running a fishing boat in Key West, going around handing out pamphlets. I didn't have a law degree. I had a captain's license and taking people out to catch fish. But uh, this has been going on for a long time. I've been doing all I can, and I appreciate your help and James and all these other people. Just We just have to understand that if we don't adhere to the rules, I'd love to talk about that before we quit. Yeah. If we don't adhere to the rules, we're, we're really not going to get anywhere, are we, James? No. No, the, the issue with these stories that you brought up, Sean, is, is is all three of them go to the heart that the government is attempting to exercise powers that it does not inherently have. I mean, you, you, you can correct. see you can see the banner behind me. My my background image is I've got the uh, I've got the the, the preamble and uh, articles one, two and three, of the Constitution behind me. And so you have to sit back and say, OK, where, where does government get its power? Right. So you, if you go back in time, you go back to pre-colonial time the king was thought of as as a god i mean he really was he was thought of that he could do no wrong and and he was the ultimate sovereign right and if he would delegate any of his authority or any of his power he did so to you know his generals or to whoever was at his bidding call so when when the founders were were, um you know when they were contemplating what to do with this country and how how, how do we formate or, or, or format a, a country that, that one guarantees everyone's rights to life, liberty, and property? And how, how do we guarantee that? How do we ensure that, that, that one day someone or, or a group of someone's does not have so much power that they can just take those things away? And then they came up with the Republic. And so they said, here's, here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to write down exactly what the government can and cannot do. We're going to enumerate. That's what that word means, enumerate. So the federal government and even state governments, 
Every single one of them has enumerated powers. And if they operate outside those powers, anything they do is null and void. But see, here's the problem is that so many people have just gone, gone along to get along, that they're not challenging it, that you've got a bunch of idiots that get elected into Congress. And I'm talking at both the federal and the state level. Just name one, name a state. I mean, even in Florida, right? Florida seems to be, they, they seem to have their head on their shoulders for the most part. But even still, I can open up statutes and codes that that violate the bills of attainder clause. So I, I can't, it's gone on for so long that they've been they've been slowly deteriorating our beloved republic. And so now you can't even go into Capitol Hill and, and without hearing somebody say, our democracy is at stake. The fate of our democracy is at stake. And I'd be like, you're an idiot and have no business being here because you don't know what a democracy is. Right. Because number one, we are not a democracy. We never have been. We're a constitutional republic with a form of democratic voting. But that's it. Yes. We are we not a democracy. That. This is not the majority rules, people. And as much but, as you keep wanting us to believe that, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. As long as there are people, people like me and like Dr. Graves and like you, Sean, and and the others that I work with, with Brandon, Alphonse, and Randy, and 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 all of those guys, we're going to keep beating this horse. I mean, it's dead about 15 times over, but we're going to still beating this horse because until people decide to stand up and say, hold on a second. I didn't get my rights because I was born in this country. My rights came from my creator. But James, it's the standing up where the problem is. Man, yeah. I'm, I'd like to ask a few questions and just just simple questions, either yes or no, if you don't mind. I think I think I know what the answers will be. <laughs> uh, do you, Go ahead. Do you think everybody pretty much would like to have a degree of prosperity in their life? I would think that to be a, a pretty simple yes. Okay. And do you think we could have prosperity without peace? Um, no, I think we can have prosperity okay. with peace. Do you think we could have peace without order? Um, no, we got to have order. Okay, we're, we're on a roll. Hang with me now. Okay, can we have order without justice? No. Can we have justice without rules? No. And now we're there, you see. The people don't know the rules. Yep. I know Roland Brunson. I've known Roland Brunson for 20 years. Oh. I've been to, I've been in his 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 place of business in Salt Lake City. Uh, I had dinner with him and his brother Darren a long time ago. They're they're nice young men. But you see, if we don't know the rules, mm -hmm. we don't get the power to control the people who are abusing the rules. Exactly. And that's why that's why I exist. That's what I bring to the table. I don't know everything, but I do know that if we don't have rules, we can't have justice. If we don't have justice, we can't have order. If we don't have order, we can't have peace. And if we don't have peace, nobody's going to have prosperity, except the rich and the powerful that are going to steal it from you. And that's yeah. what we have going on. It's been going on for a very long time. I think we need to anticipate that that is the very self-interest that the founders of this country built that constitution to protect against. Mm -hmm. And here is completely out of control because the people don't know the rules that give them the power to do the kinds of things that you do from time to time, James, when you take yeah. on these people. But understand, of course, that you've made an effort to learn the rules and to try to do these things that you do in court according to the rules. And we have other people that are have good intentions. They're trying to do the right thing. I've I've 
favor anything that they want to do if they don't whether they're right or wrong i think they have a right to be heard but if mm -hmm. they don't understand the rules they don't get what they want and the sad thing is then people think well the the government blocked them the, the government prevented it from happening when in fact if we don't follow the rules you can't win there's a thing called this umpire behind the the plate at home home plate in a baseball game and if you come out there with a tennis racket and you're waiting for the pitcher to throw the ball it's not going to happen you you can't play baseball with a tennis racket so we're doing the american justice foundation that, that we're getting going here and we're trying to do everything we can to encourage people to understand the key to all of this the key to the future and making peace and making this a better planet to live on is teaching our children and adults what are the rules that that make peace possible dr graves you're breaking up and just a little bit there you're breaking up just America. a little bit can you hear oh, me where am i yeah oh, we my, got yes, you I no can. we heard you loud and clear for most of that but let me just interject and say our founders with the constitution and the bill of rights were trying to level the playing field for all human beings yes all citizens absolutely. right of the republic and what we right. see in the world economic forum and in davos are the elite that want to destroy that. They're flying in high-priced prostitutes. Not sure if you saw that news item. That's what's happening. They're giving the prostitutes to their underlings to keep them all in line. And I'm not making that up. They're also flying in on private jets as they tell us we no longer will get to have gasoline-powered cars in the future or single-family homes. So these are the enemies of humanity. I want to do another screen share here because, again, an out-of-control federal government and agencies of federal government are now declaring that braced pistols are illegal, just unilaterally, with a new rule that they've come up with, and they are going to criminalize millions of Americans who do not register these pistols or destroy them. That's what we're up against. So gun owners yeah. of America and lawsuits, there will be lawsuits. Mike Adams did a great situation update about this. He said, don't do anything for the next 60 days if you are an owner of one of these firearms. Let the lawsuits go where they're going to go, and let's take these people down lawfully. The ATF is acting unilaterally and unconstitutionally. We have a little thing called the Second Amendment. Shall not be infringed is something the Biden administration, the World Economic Forum, the Davos elite, they don't understand. Well, actually, they do, but they don't care. All right, final news item I want to share with you guys, and I think it's a pretty good one. James, if this was me at the Mall of America, you and yeah. I would have one heck of a lawsuit to file. Yes, Man, we're man wearing Jesus saves shirt kicked out of the mall of America. We don't even need to show the video. We get it. These people are tyrants and these idiots that did this to the guy. They don't understand anything we're talking about here. They certainly don't understand our bill of rights, our constitution and the first amendment. Jesus saves. Yeah. I think that's probably first amendment protected speech, James. Political, well, here's... Pro political pressure is yeah. not going to fix it. We've got to get that through our heads. Trying to use politics to fix the politicians, that something wrong with that kind of thinking. And what James is beginning to get better and better at, I hope he becomes an absolute master of this after I've died and gone to wherever, that we have to understand that political pressure and waving a flag and, and complaining in the street and setting fire to police cars is not going to get us to that place of peace where we can have the prosperity that can be guaranteed by those people who we elect to office to protect us and provide for us an opportunity to have an even an equal playing field to engage in commerce and 
and, and, and have life. And we keep thinking that if we just yell out enough, somebody's going to do something. And I think that's a big part of our problem is we think that we can just make a noise and somebody's actually going to do what's right. And uh, uh, that's not going to happen, folks. We have to learn the rules, go to court using the rules the way James has been doing recently and having successes to some extent that I know of. But if we don't follow the rules, we cannot fix these people in high places because you can't convince them, and and the American public, as long as they remain ignorant of the power that they possess to use the courts to control these people and use the courts properly, it's all a huge waste of time. That's why we created the website. That's why Sean, you know, posts the link up there for the website and for how to win in court. That's why we exist. That's why James is doing what he's doing, because he really believes that if you want to fix what's broken, you go to court. You don't carry a sign in the street. It doesn't get the job done. Amen. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, just just picketing around or protesting or doing things of that nature, you might get on the news. You might end up in the local newspaper if they still even have those. But are, is anybody going to do anything about it? No. No. So here, here's what I do to that. So, go, so Sean, going back to that ATF thing, right? Was that... I heard about this, but I didn't know if this was just an executive order from uh, the the uh, the foe commander in chief uh, Biden, or if this I was. I think it's coming directly from the ATF. So it's All a right. unilateral so, so the... decision by a uh, out of control, weaponized agency of government. All right. So here's here's what register. I would do. Right. So there's there's two there's two things you can do. Right. And so Dr. Grace talks about this in his course. So if you have an administrative agency like the ATF. They're a member, they're a political subdivision of the executive branch, right? They're, they're actually not a, they're not a constitutionally authorized agency. I mean, nowhere in the constitution do I see the ATF, but whatever, that's not a discussion for another day. So they're, they're, they are a sub, a political subdivision of the executive branch and they're wanting to just bypass. They, they just want, oh, hey, the legislature, yeah, you guys are great, but you're not doing this fast enough for us. We're going to go ahead and just mandate our own rules. Mm -hmm. Okay. Two problems I have with this. Number one, uh, what evidence do you have that I'm a member of the ATF? Produce the contract. Where's my obligation? Where do I owe you any any duty whatsoever, Mr. ATF agent? Get off my property. <laughs> That's where I'm at. I'm calling my local sheriff if I have an ATF guy show up on my door. Yeah, I got some thug outside here who's claiming to be from the federal government. He's armed to the teeth. I'm going to need some police officers here. I'm going to need the sheriff here as well because if he comes in my house, I will defend myself. That's well, my first. The sheriff first, James. Yeah, sheriff. Yeah, first. go on. Get get the sheriff. So, so that's the first problem. So there's two there's two ways you can attack this. You can attack this if you want to uh, file in court. You can you can go seek an, a um um seek a, a preliminary injunction and get a get a full injunction. Right. Have have a federal judge because this is a federal agency. Have a federal judge say, hey guys, you're overstepping your bounds here. This is not this is not a duty you guys have. And this petitioner brought before this petition for uh, an injunction and is requesting injunctive relief. They want to they want us to tell you to stop. So that's one, Matt. That's one avenue you can go, which I would recommend doing both avenues. That's the first one. The second one I would do is I would petition the legislature. I would send a petition to the legislator for a redress of grievances. And Sean, if I can share my screen. I don't know if you've uh, oh, you've disabled that. You haven't given me powers. There you go. All right. So. I've been working on this petition and it's still in the infancy stages here. 
But this is one here. So here in Utah, we are actually just we just started our legislative session. So it started yesterday and they have got a number of god awful bills that they're wanting to ram down our throats. Clearly, these people have forgotten who they work for. So when I in my studies of the Constitution and other people that I follow, the the right to petition dictates we go to the legislature. So I'm going to file a petition. The petition is going to state this. I'm going to have what we're seeking for, where, where, you know, on what grounds, you know, wherefore, whereas um, it's going to say here, whereas all political power is inherent in the people. And whereas you, the members of Congress, receive your just powers from us, delegated from us, and we're going to have a prayer for relief. Now, therefore, repeal this law, get rid of it, all of it. So, if I was if I was looking at this situation here with the ATF, I would do both. I would file my preliminary injunction and I would file a petition for a redress or grievances with Congress. And guess what? When you when you look at the legislative manual for how there's again going back to what Dr. Graves says, the rules, if I bring forward a legitimate petition, they're required to give me a hearing on it. Well, you have to show who have you ever heard? Sean, who have you ever heard? What's that? You have to show standing. You have to show that you individually have been impacted, what the cause is, and that there is an opportunity for there to be a redress. Exactly. So if you are someone who has one of these weapons and uh, something is actually taking place, it's causing the actual impact, Mm -hmm. then you have standing. We we sometimes have people who who make the mistake, for example, of thinking I can sue the IRS and say that I don't owe the income tax because none of us owe the income tax, but it has to impact the individual directly. So find that person, just like in the abortion issue, what mm-hmm. came up with Roe versus Wade. They had to find someone that was personal. If we just follow the rules, which they're not hard to learn, then we have successes and then we begin to have the movement of the people, by the people, and for the people, yeah. because the people themselves become a part of this mechanism called government, and the people themselves have never been a part of the mechanism of government. And that's what we're pushing for, is for the people themselves to take part in this government, but in order rules. The rules are fair. The rules... Yeah play both sides and we can just get people to see that then i'm all for you what you're saying if we've got an issue where somebody high up is trying to tell us that we have to wear a green hat on tuesdays or whatever no that's fine but the first time somebody comes along and gives me a problem because my hat is red on tuesdays well then we're going to deal with it but let me ask you guys something about standing i want to ask you guys about standing here because uh when we have a corrupt system the rules are not equally applied. And I think it's a good segue back to Brunson v. Adams when we're ready to do that. It doesn't have to be now, James, if you want to talk more about the ATF. But my point is, is that when the election was stolen in 2020, we're told that all of the cases, all of the evidence that Trump and his attorneys brought was thrown out. None of it was valid. Well, that's not true. All of it was thrown out because they said he didn't have standing. None of the evidence was ever heard. So mm-hmm. follow the rules, love it, makes sense to me. But what about a corrupt system where the rules are not equally applied so there is no equal application of justice, you guys? Then what? Um, let, let me just the real rules, quick, Sean. The rules have to be the foundation, though. 
We yeah. have the, the rules are more important than the issues. And I've been trying and trying and trying to get people to see this. The rules are more important than the issues because if we deal with issues, we're never going to be in agreement. There'll always be somebody disagreeing about something. But if we can come together and understand that there are rules that make us America, it's the rules that make us America, not the Constitution, not really. It's not the Constitution. The Constitution talks about due process. It doesn't tell us what due process is or how to get it. So the key to all of this and the key to the future of making this world safe for the children is to learn the rules that give you the power of due process. Can I get an amen on that, James? No, you're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, the going back to your, your, your point there, Sean, I, I just want to correct you on something. The, the, the system itself is not corrupt. The system no. is is actually this is this is by far the most beautiful legal system that has ever been created on this planet. But what about corrupt one, one that guarantees um, one that guarantees everybody to the equal opportunity to be heard? Hang on one second. What about corrupt judges, though, James? Yes, See, this yes. is the part so that's, that I, that's... I get. The system itself, as originally established, was beautiful, but it's not beautiful in every case for every person who wants to be heard. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm getting at, right? Is is you're you're gonna and, and this is the problem. And, and Doc Graves, I want to get your your take on this because what I am seeing is is going back to, to your, your question, Sean, of standing, right? The constitution is very clear. You must have Article Three standing to bring a case in controversy before one of the courts. Now we've talked about before that the courts, this the Supreme Court is that's it, right? That's the only court that has full jurisdiction. The, the other courts have limited jurisdiction, and they don't, they don't get their jurisdiction just because they're a court. Their jurisdiction is granted to them based on the sufficiency of the pleadings. So I, hang on, Sean. I'm sorry. One second. <laughs> well, he disappeared. James has kids, so uh, he's probably got oh, yeah. the kids to pipe down a bit. Uh, but what do you make of that, uh, Dr. Graves? Well, I mean, my I'd, point I'd is like, is that I agree I'd with like you guys, but when that. we don't have – when look, there's so no. much tyranny and corruption in the system. I, I understand the system itself may be beautiful, but corruption you. is really disgusting, and it's disheartening, and it causes I've, people to stand down. Yes, I've beaten them, though. And the thing is, when, when we talk about this in the course, you make a record – because mm -hmm. you're really talking to, in in most states that I know of, if you're at the trial level, I'm not talking about municipal courts or traffic courts at the trial level, you make your record, but knowing that three judges, or they're actually called justices at that level, at the first level of the appellate court, they're going to see what happened. They're going to know that you objected when that judge allowed the lawyer on the other side to ask leading questions of his own witness. And you objected. And you renewed your objection and you said no. Or when the, the attorney on the other side asked the question, it's obviously calling for hearsay. And you stood up and you said, objection, Your Honor, don't let that witness speak. That is hearsay. The lawyer's calling for an answer that will be hearsay or calling for an answer that calls for speculation. All of these objections are in the course, the whole class on objections and the class on evidence. And when we do this the right way, and then we have to appeal we have an excellent chance of winning on appeal. That's how we teach these trial judges how to behave themselves. I actually had a case one time where a, an elderly couple sued their daughter, and I wanted to take the deposition of this elderly woman. 
And she said she she got a protective order saying, oh, no, you can't you can't do that. I, I, I don't feel well. I have illnesses or whatever. And I had to appeal and I won. It took the appellate court. I think it was five days. It was very unusual for the appellate court to to rule that quickly. But they ruled five days later. I basically said, you know, if if you want to sue somebody, you have to make yourself subject to be deposed. Mm -hmm. She didn't want to be deposed. I didn't care. The judge actually was going along with this old woman. She was rich. Hey, you know how that works. She was rich. Her husband was rich. They were powerful people in the community. I didn't care. My client was being sued, and they weren't going to let me take the deposition of the woman that was suing. No, nonsense. So I control the judges. It's happened many times where I've been able to control. I'm One more story quick, and then I'll shut up for a while. I love this one. I was in Tampa. Many of you don't understand that there is a mafia in Tampa. There are ships, big, huge ships in Tampa, and there is a mafia. And I, I was before a judge whose last name ended in a vowel. And the attorney on the other side, his last name ended in a vowel, and we were in the middle of this. And uh, the attorney on the other side says to the judge, almost exact quote, you know, judge, we go way back. Now, you, you know, if you've been around at all, you know, that's a, that's a signal. You know, mm-hmm. judge, we go way back. And I said, and you know, judge, my court reporter's writing everything down. There will be a, a record. And I won that hearing, too. I won hearing after hearing after hearing, and mostly, and I'll be quiet, because I was very fortunate in law school. I was older than anybody else in my class, and one of the professors who later became the brains behind Cersei Scarola, Barnhart, and Shipley in Miami, who are one of the top law firms in the world, he and I became friends, went out and went sailing and ate Chinese food and played guitars and hung out for a couple of years after law school. I got more education than the other fellows did. I got my education from him, where you learn how to stab them in the throat with a stiletto knife and do it politely. But that's how you win. This is not a parlor game. Amen, James? Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, Sean, everything we do, we do according to the rules, according to the rule of law, what's been laid out, right? So, Everything that Dr. Graves is talking about is is the the rules of procedure um, at the federal level. It's the federal rules of civil procedure. They have a federal rules of criminal procedure, appellate procedure. Um, they have a number of different rules, um, and then each state has their own. And that's that's regarding the, the courts, right? So, to to back to your 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 original question with the ATF is, yeah, you're right. I I have to have standing. I have to be I have to be physically impacted by this quote unquote action by the ATF. So if I happen to have one of these devices that they're saying I have to register or I could face jail time. um, All right. So now I have proven that I've got standing and I back that up in my pleadings by swearing under the penalty of perjury. It's called um, an affidavit. You can do that within your pleading. You can do that supplementing your pleading. There's any way you can do that. But here's what I've learned, Sean um, and Doc Graves, you'll love this. Today, with the cases that I'm litigating, every single every single case that I have brought before the federal court, um, we have verified everything in our complaint. So it's a verified complaint, meaning every every allegation we make, we are swearing it's the god it's the god's mm-hmm. honest truth. Okay, 
So the, the, the courts are required. They don't get an option now. They're now required to take those, those facts as true. They don't, they don't get it. They don't have an option of saying, well, it could be true. It might not be true. They're required. So now the other side, if they want to contest that, what, what do they have to do? Dr. Graves, they have the burden to prove they have the burden of proof and they have to file what they have to file Counter. evidence opposing the whole thing. And, and it has to outweigh your evidence. And yeah, and they have to they have to file a counter affidavit, right? They have to yeah. they have to come to the table with their own skin of the teeth. Guess what these guys do? They never, they never file an affidavit ever. I am litigating. Let's see. One of them just resolved. Uh, we're actually going to be going right back to court again. This is going to be fun, Doctor Gray. You're going to love this one. Um, so I'm litigating five cases at the federal court level right now, um, and in all five cases, I've got. This is what makes me laugh, right? I, I'm just a little pro se. I'm just a little old me. And I'm filing my documentation in here. I'm on now in one of my cases, I am on the fifth attorney. No. The fifth attorney that's representing the defendants. Yep. <laughs> I, I apparently I don't know. I just just me, just little old me. What do I know? I don't know anything, apparently. You're following the rules. You're following but, yeah. the rules. And lawyers, you know, I had a judge say this to me one when I I'd only been a lawyer for maybe, I don't know, a couple of months or something. And this old judge, remember, I was older. I had this advantage of being older when I I was 40-something years old when I got my license to practice. Mm -hmm. And some of these judges were my own age. And I remember this one old judge, he looks up at me and he says, don't you lawyers ever read the rules? Yeah. So I had these advantages early on and realized the power of the people. We talk about the power of the people. The power of the people is, I mean, there's... The rules of evidence in every federal case are written in about 18 or 19 pages. This is the power of the people. And if we begin to, to teach that to everyone and make them understand, quit complaining and being upset and negative about this and the other thing, just learn the rules. And then you go to court. It's a piece of cake. It's not hard to do, but you can't win a baseball game with a tennis racket. So. But I let me ask you something, that over though, and over again, as somebody impact. who's not an expert like you guys, I sit and I watch the most important thing to all of us who value our republic, our election in 2020, get stolen blatantly and handed to a puppet who did not get 81 million plus votes. And then mm -hmm. to me, it would seem, I don't know, I'm not an expert, but Trump should have standing to have the evidence of the stolen election heard. How is it? Did they not follow the rules? Does he have terrible attorneys? Explain to me how, if we have such a beautiful system, none of these judges would allow that evidence of a stolen election to be heard. And then we'll segue to Brunson well, v. Adams. Yeah. So from my understanding, Sean, and I have full disclosure, I have not read any of those pleadings. So I don't know what Trump's attorneys or, or whoever filed these 63 cases we keep talking about. I don't know what they said or what they were pleading or what their cause of action was. Um, but I can tell you what the Supreme Court has stated about elections and election fraud and election evidence. They have come out and said, this is not a judicial question. This is a political question. This is one that needs to go to the legislature. Right. So we in the judicial branch and, and think of it this way, Sean, let me just put it to you this way. Let's let's say that the tables are flipped. Let's say that Trump was reelected and you got somebody who's disheartened about that and they file a lawsuit and it gets up to some judge who says, yeah, you know what? You're right. I'm going to go ahead and overturn the votes of 
30 something million Americans just because you brought a piece of paper in here. Well, saying, and, But that's it, not even it, what I'm saying. I'm saying these guys wouldn't even hear the evidence. We're talking about evidence or lack of evidence. And to me, know, there's but, a ton it, of it, evidence it, it, that suggests the election was stolen in 2020. And it, of course, none of it was allowed to be heard. Just well, like and, on and, January 6th, when they blamed everything on an insurrection and they certified an election that was not certifiable in my view. Well, and you're correct, right? So if, if, if that organ, because we, we already know that that was an inside job. We already know it was organized and they were, there were, there were professional agitators who were there, who were let in and they let everybody in and they used that as their excuse, because what was Congress doing? They were going to investigate those claims. There was a number of people who were going to say, I can't certify this because of this, 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 and this. But then they came back and they just, oh, oh, geez, because they tried to overthrow everything, they went ahead and certified it. What the point I'm trying to make, Sean, is the reason why the evidence was never considered, because you have to prove standing before evidence can even be presented. You have to prove that you have standing to bring this claim. Again, it, it goes back to this. These these cases were thrown out because the 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 moving party failed to state a claim which the court could grant relief. Friends, just a real quick break and a word about our sponsor. Noble Gold Investments wants to let you know that gold was the best investment class for 2022. Now, of course, past performance is no guarantee of future results, so do your own due diligence. According to longtermtrends.net, gold actually outperformed the S&P, the Dow, and Bitcoin in 2022. So what are you waiting for? Open a gold IRA or silver IRA with Noble Gold Investments this month and receive a free one quarter ounce American Gold Eagle coin with every qualified IRA of $50,000 or more. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments and their thousands of five star reviews. Just visit noblegoldinvestments.com. Yeah, but if not Trump, then who has standing? My God, this is frustrating. All right, let's I, I get it. to I get it, Sean. Adams because we what? need a Hail Mary here. I just want to play <laughs> this because we only have 20, 25 minutes left. I just want yeah, to understand Brunson v. Adams, right? The action is against 388 federal officers in their official capacities, including Biden, Kamala Harris, even Pence. OK, they violated their oath of office by not allowing the evidence to be heard on the evening of January 6th, the evidence of a stolen election. All right, well, what's happened since? The Supreme Court has rejected the Utah brothers' lawsuit seeking to return Donald Trump to the White House. I don't know that it was exactly seeking the return of Donald Trump to the White House. It was just no, they, address they the asked fact. for that. Sean, well, but it was have, also they asked for the evidence to be heard. But here's the payoff. I just want to play a clip from Roland Brunson. I've got this queued up. He was on the David Nino Rodriguez show just the day or two before the Supreme Court shot this down. And here's what he said about their backup plan. They're not going to go quietly into this good night. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. See, we're, we're, we're not as naive as we started out because we're looking at this like a chess game. Do you think for a second that we're not prepared for a denial tomorrow? I mean, could you even consider that what we've been through the past two years and how much we've gotten beat up, pushed around, knocked over, Oh, bamboozled and tricked. Oh, yeah, man. These attorneys, man, they'll take case laws, rules twisted to their advantage and convince the judge. You know, they say you're not supposed to manipulate the judge. You're not supposed to influence the judge. That the whole game is all about that. The U.S. attorneys, if you were to take a look at their opposition to us and their objections to us, they've listed like for 51 cases 
you know, you know, you know, case law is decisions of other judges. That's all that is case law. You know, James, we've talked about that a lot and you're very mm-hmm. good at case law. By the way, I'm sorry I interrupted you. I just in the 20, 25 minutes we have left, I really want to talk about this case because to me it's the Hail Mary. Because yes. we were sold out on the evening of January 6th. We were sold out by the evidence never being heard in 60 plus cases that were presented. And the mainstream media says that's because Trump had no case. There was no evidence. Well, the evidence was never heard. So how do we know that? It's so maddening because a republic is really in tatters, in my view, when this is allowed to happen. So Brunson v. Adams feels to me like a really cool Hail Mary. And I thought it would apply to a discussion we could all have because these guys are pro se. They're not lawyers. So I know, Dr. Yeah. Graves, you feel like there's some holes in their case. I know they they filed the case in two different jurisdictions, I believe, one in a district court. I'm going off memory here. I may have that wrong. And then one that got fast tracked to SCOTUS. So I'll shut up now. Right. And you guys tell me if this Hail Mary is anything that has a chance or where, 19, they went, where they went wrong. Right. In 1992, Lujan versus Defenders of Wildlife Supreme Court case created a three part test to determine whether a party has standing to sue. Number one, the plaintiff must have suffered an injury in fact. That's a legal term of art, an injury in fact, meaning that the injury is of a legally protected interest, which is a concrete, and here's the word, particularized and actual or imminent. Number two, there must be a causal connection between the injury and the conduct brought before the court. And number three, it must be likely rather than speculative that a favorable decision by the court will redress the injury. There's there's a lot of, of a lot of law about this. And what we have to get away from is the idea that individuals can be, you know, attorney generals and stand in the in the shoes of the public. So what we have to have if when we want to challenge these things, you know, Rollins might have had a better shot if he had sued the representatives from his state, from Utah. Amen. And and dealt with them individually instead of trying to deal with each and every one of these. If you look at it, you'll see that each and every one of these individuals was named in their uh, official capacity. And in that case, what we're talking about is we're looking at, at not the individuals themselves, but we're looking at an office. So they yep. were suing these offices, not the officers. They were suing the offices. And so... Again, what James said, and what I definitely want more people to understand, the system of law that we have in this country is a good system. The problem is, number one, we have lawyers that don't know mud from sand. Half the lawyers that I that graduated from law school where I went to law school, they, they spent most of the time drinking beer and shooting pool and using outlines to pass the exams. They're not smart. And that's a fact. Many, many people that have dealt, dealt with lawyers know that an awful lot of them really aren't all that smart. Number two, we don't have good legal education in our schools. We're not teaching, we're not turning out judges that understand what are called the rules of juridical reasoning. Mm-hmm. It's another set of rules, the rules of juridical reasoning. Okay. And then we also have the rules of statutory interpretation. They're not being taught either in law school. A, an entire judiciary that's being run by a bunch of people, for the most part, are brain dead. That might help you understand some of this. Yeah. Um, Let me just piggyback on what Dr. Graves is saying, Sean. I mean, that's that's the thing, the injury in fact. Right. So so your your contest is that Donald Trump should have standing. Right. The 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 issue is, is that he he cannot prove an injury. In fact, even though he was a candidate for the office and even though he was 
robbed of that candidacy, that still doesn't give him standing. He cannot prove that. And, and it's not has nothing to do with the evidence alleging that because, again, he can't show that he was harmed by that. Does that make sense? I mean, it's hard to, to grasp, but let me put it to you this way. The, who has standing? The people. The people who have, have standing. They're, they're suing the wrong people. So if they wanted to take this to court, it's just like what Dr. Graves said. Raylan should have sued um, Blake Moore. Raylan lives about 20 minutes away from me. So I'm, I'm here in Utah as well. He's 20 minutes up the road from me. Um, he should have sued Blake Moore, who's our congressman, who's a piece of work. Let me tell you what, if I can find some way to sue him, I will. Because <laughs> I believe he stole his election. And, and Rollins is, Rollins is a very nice fellow. You should go meet him. He's real yeah, nice. Oh, I'd love to. I'd really, love to. He's a nice man. I'd love uh, to meet with these guys. You know, th this this is what there was. Um, there was a video I watched um, and it's put on by this guy. Um, I'll give him a quick shout out. I don't know him. I've never met him, but he puts out some good stuff. His name is Kirk Pendergrass. Um, he's got a show called Kirk's Law Corner. And he was on uh, he was on with Lloyd Brunson and they were talking about this case. And and Kirk said, hey, and this this was actually right before SCOTUS came out with this ruling uh, or I should say ruling. They, they just didn't even bother to, to the, the writ was denied. Um, so it was before that, that decision was, was issued. And he said, you know, the, he says the rights of the people dictate you petition the legislature on this. You're, you're going the wrong way. You're asking the court to exercise jurisdiction over something they don't have an authority to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, what judge in their right mind, I'm just, I'm just telling you, Sean, this is, this is what's going through their heads. What judge in their right mind is going to say, oh, I've got jurisdiction to go ahead and handle that. Because the minute that judge does that, and it comes to find out an, a, an examination of the record, like Dr. Graves is saying, shows that he did not, that judge is liable in his individual capacity and his official capacity. He just basically acted without any authority. No judge wants that hanging over their heads. None. And that's where I'm at now in, in the cases that I'm litigating, right? I've got these magistrate judges, which are a pain in my side. For one, these are these I call them the wannabe district judges because they're not quite there yet. Oh, but but it's, you know, the, the district judges hand these cases over to them. They issue these reports and recommendations. And it's like they're still living in 1950 or something because they don't have a clue what the law is today. They, they're misapplying everything. And, you know, oh, well, we're supposed to liberally construe pro se complaints, but we're going to go ahead and give advantages to the, to our bar friends over here because you're going up against a bar attorney and I'm a member of, I'm still a practicing member of the bar. See, this is the problem. So I've had three of my uh, cases where they've wanted to dismiss them with prejudice, mind you. And I've had, it's just more work for me. So now I got to go throw it back in their face, get the district judge who actually does have somewhat of a head on her shoulders to come around and say, yeah, this is a real problem. Um, but this, this is the process we have to take. And I'm just like pointing out the fact is like, um, Dr. Graves, I don't know how familiar you are with the federal rules, but uh, federal rule 72 is the magistrate judge rule. And it states specifically in that rule that when a magistrate judge is, is given a case or given a dispositive motion, like a motion to dismiss, a motion for summary judgment or a motion for judgment on the pleadings, they are required to make a record of the evidentiary proceedings. It and says must, required. But they must be compelled 
to do what that rule requires. And that's exactly. where we have the missing link because the people don't understand it. Most of the lawyers, well, I hate to say most, well, maybe most of the lawyers I knew were afraid to stand up to the judge and do what was right, even though their client, who might have been a fisherman like I was for a while, or a carpenter, mm -hmm. which I also was for a while, were paying them hard money, hard-earned money, to stand up and do what they were asked to do, and they won't do it. Yeah. And 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 it's just terrible. Legal education, I believe, is one of the roots of the problems that we have in this country is in the law schools. They're not yep. training people to do what's right. They're training people to be technicians and charge immense amounts of money for something that anybody would make a small effort can learn how to do and mm -hmm. just just very quickly. Yeah. So this, this, we won't give up. Yeah. Hey, hey, Sean, real quick. Let me just before you jump in, I just want to say. God bless Loy and Rayland and his brothers. God bless them for trying to take this. I, I, I don't harbor any ill will towards them. You know, God bless them for what they're what they've tried to do, what they're trying to do. Well, it sounds I like understand. they need your help. It sounds like you guys should help them well, craft that lawsuit. Because here's the thing: I, I just I want to talk, say this. I talk on to behalf of the audience. I know you do. You can say it in a second, but I got to say this. And on behalf of the audience, I feel like you guys are two NFL quarterbacks. You understand the <laughs> game better than anybody. And you cite this. You cite these different cases and different, you know, whatever plaintiff must have suffered an injury. In fact, okay, I get that, and I'll tell you what my injury is here in a second. But you guys are like two NFL quarterbacks, and you're talking about, you know play 76 pepper green and everybody on the team knows exactly what they're doing at that moment in time to make sure that the wide receiver can catch the ball. It's amazing to me. It's it, you want to talk about chess in real time. That's what mm -hmm. football is. So mm -hmm. this is a little bit over my head and most of the audience's head. So I want to do a screen share and I need you guys to comment on this because we have to leave, I hope with our cup half full. So yeah. if not Brunson V Adams, if not Trump having the election stolen from him, is Carrie Lake and our, her attorneys handling that stolen election correctly, in your view? Because Carrie Lake is right when she says, and I quote, they are running our elections like they do in Venezuela, like they do in North Korea. And if we don't stand up and fix it right now, our children will be living in a communist country. So yeah. my injury, here's my injury. I have standing in the 2020 stolen election because as a result of the stolen election, taxes are going up. The border is wide open. Gas prices went through the roof. Eggs are five and a half dollars for 12. OK, I've been injured by this stolen election and I'm pissed off about it. So yeah. I want you guys to personally help Brunson v. Adams turn that election around. Is it possible at all? And I guess the real question here, if we're moving on, is Carrie Lake handling it correctly? Yeah. So I let me just comment on Carrie. I, I don't know. I haven't read her, ple her, her pleadings. I'm not sure what what avenue she's taking, what her causes of action are. Um, I hope so. I mean. My goodness, God help us if if Katie Hobbs is the governor there. My heavens. I mean, that woman can't even I don't even know how she gets through the day without having some ridiculous. And I, and this is no offense to any of the blondes out there, but it's like the blonde headed giggle. <laughs> no, she's literally I mean, a witch. I mean, she's I, literally I, I, in I the pocket of Soros. And one of the first things she did was pull all of the border security funding. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yep. she's literally she's a traitor. Yeah. She's, she's basically said, hey, you want to come to the United States, come through the Arizona border. That's she's, she's controlled saying. by the cartels, and and Carrie Lake has made that point. So well, I mean, this so is a serious. The conversation we are having here is as serious as a heart attack because I know you both think the system is so beautiful. God love you. I hope you're right. But the rest of us <laughs> see it as a system that is falling apart and being destroyed oh. from within well, by design. Well, let me let me no, give you, Sean. It's the people that are making it wrong. It's the lawyers and the judges sure. and the politicians and the wealthy. Sure, people but they make up the system. Even, they, they are the system. 
No, yeah. they're not the system. They are not the system. The system is a set of rules that are written down in black and white for which too many young people didn't get to come home from Iwo Jima or, Norm or all these places, Normandy Beach and all these places people died. That's what they died for, were these rules that are written down in black and white. Well, that's why it, my heart it, is it, broken, because the traitors well, and snakes are destroying the system. Then. Well, stop, well Sean, stop telling people that it's the system that's broken. It's yeah. the jerks that are powerful people who are abusing the system, abusing. And and I hate to I won't use the word, but blank, blank on the graves of these people who died for our right to even have a system. Yeah, that's right. And that's exactly what right. I think Katie Hobbs is guilty of. She's in the pocket of George Soros. She would not. Yep. Read, read, what is the word? She would not step down or recuse herself as secretary of state. She was secretary of state, essentially in charge of a fair and free election, which it <laughs> well, certainly wasn't. So, yeah. you know, I'm sorry. This is what I'm struggling with is the corruption I see, the corruption well, we deal with here in the system. You have, Sean, let, learn, let me... you have to learn the rules, Sean. We have <laughs> to teach the people the rules so they can get redress of their grievances. I know, so, but so not everybody can be an second, NFL Dr. quarterback, Graves. Dr. Graves. Well, that's yeah, not true. Let's... No, no, wait a minute. Time out. I've got I've had so many people. I remember one fellow called me. He was looking at a 30 year prison term. And he studied my course, HowToWinInCourt.com, and he didn't go to prison. People that lost their children and got their children back. One man called me in tears. He said, I haven't been able to see my child in three or four years. I remember what he was a truck driver. He wasn't a, a rocket scientist. He was a truck driver. Yeah. And he said, now, because I studied your course, I have full custody. I had a fellow call me just an hour before we got on today. He's going to prison because a bunch of people lied about him. So he's going to turn around and sue these people for slander. And when he uses the slander suit, he'll have discovery and all these wonderful tools that are part of this system to yep. show that these people lied about him. And that's he's he's not going to go to prison. But if he doesn't do things time. a certain way, he will go to prison. And that's what yep. we're trying to get people to understand. James agrees with me. Let's yep. learn the rules and get America back again. Yeah, it's it, it's Sean. It's not hard. I mean, Dr. Graves course, and, and he says is better than I do. An eighth grader can learn this over a weekend. And it's true. I've actually got uh, well, she's not quite an eighth grade yet. My seventh grader, I've got her studying this course. Right. I've got my 16 year old daughter. I She started driving. I think I, I think I don't know if I mentioned this on your show before, Sean, or not. But I said, sweetheart, if you happen to get pulled over, what do you do? Oh, I, I answer every question. I do everything. I said, wrong. <laughs> I said, sweetheart, this is what you're going to do. You can you can answer one of two ways if that when that officer comes to your window. Number one, you can say, I'm sorry, sir, I don't answer questions. Or you can say, can anything I say be used against me? He's going to have to answer yes. Then I choose to remain silent. If we don't know our rights, we do not have any rights. Period. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's brilliant. So let me, I do let like me that. I like that second approach. Can anything yeah. I say be used against me in a court of law? Well, yes, sir. Well, then I choose. Then, then I choose to remain silent because you have a right to remain silent. This is what people don't get. A, a cop cannot just come up and and harass you and throw handcuffs on you because he says, "Oh, I think you're doing this." I don't care what you think, Mister Officer. Guess what? The Supreme Court has said someone independent of the law and the prosecution must determine probable cause, not you. Not just because you think I did something. You've got to take me somewhere and have someone else and tell him what happened. And I got to tell him what happened. And he's going, no, you didn't have probable cause. Let him go. You know why they don't ever do that? Because it opens themselves up to lawsuits. Here's, let's go back to, to I, I know we're getting, we're getting off into the, to the weeds here. Let's go back to where we were. Raylan Brunson, Brunson v. Adams. What, what can be done? 
This is the approach that if I wanted to take on this 900 pound gorilla, this is the approach that I would take. Number one, I would petition the legislature. And I would send all of the evidence to the legislature. Um, I would say, here are all of the affidavits submitted by everyone who has firsthand knowledge of all of the evidence and the crimes that were committed. And if the legislature does nothing about it, next what I'm going to do is I'm going to file in either the appellate court or the Supreme Court, depending on where it is, a writ, for man, a writ of mandamus, a petition for a writ of mandamus. Which commands hey, Doc Graves, what's what's a writ of mandamus? It's a, a an order. You file a petition for a writ, which is a petition. Basically, it's an order that orders people to do something. It's a command. The mandamus okay. comes from the word command. Okay. It's so what happens? Do, go, ahead, go ahead. So so what happens? Let's just I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here for a second. So what happens if you know, let's say Raylan filed his petition with the legislature, and they're like, "Oh, this is garbage. We're not going to do anything with it." So then he says, "Okay." He files his petition for a writ of mandamus. He gets that writ of mandamus based on the evidence that he has and the petition to the legislature. So what happens if the legislature ignores that writ of mandamus? What can he do? What can Raylan do? What can he do? Yeah, what what can he do at that point? Let's say let's say the court issues the writ of mandamus. They said court. Well, probably a petition for uh, uh, quo warranto. By, by, by what uh, authority? So there's one of two things. There's one of two ways you can go with this. And, and I know we're, we're throwing out some pretty high legal terms out there, but all of this is in Dr. Graves' course. Okay. Get it, study it, read it. There's one of two things you can do. You get that mandamus, you get that order that says, hey, the people have a right to be heard. You are required to hold this hearing. You are required to investigate these claims. If they still ignore that, what can I do now? Well, my gosh, aren't they in contempt of court, Dr. Graves? Motion to show cause. Bingo. I file a motion to show cause as to why they should not be held in contempt of court. Hey, Dr. Graves, what was that uh, story you tell about that gentleman who didn't want to uh, adhere to that motion to show cause? Do you want to you want to share that story again? Because it's a good one. Well, remind me a little bit. Um, I believe it was the gentleman who had the firearms, but didn't want to, to, to oh. give up the firearms or didn't want to show you. Oh, he, I, yeah, I was taking his deposition and it was a deposition in aid of execution after the judgment. And I have a right, my client rather had a right to know what this man owned because we we're going to levy on it and take everything he's got till he pays off what he owed. By the way, he was a thief. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so I had to file this series of motions and the man kept saying, well, I won't tell you about my firearms. Mm -hmm. and I said, well, yes, you will. <laughs> and eventually we had uh, three different orders and he ended up being the judge issued a warrant to have him put in jail and he sat in jail and I got the answers. Yeah. The, that's the point, isn't it there? The yeah. power of the people is immense. It's tremendous power that we have. But we have to execute it according to these set of rules. And when we do it properly, even if you get up against a trial judge that doesn't want to go along with you, then you have three judges on the appellate tribunal who are going to look at that. And those three judges, I have found that the appellate judges, justices love to teach trial judges a lesson. Oh, they do. Oh, they love it. They love it. So, so, and I hope this was clear, the process, Sean, it, it, even though... Like I said, God bless Raylan and, and Loy and, and his brothers for doing what they did. They just took the wrong approach. 
They just need to go, okay, so we're back to score. And I don't know what they're going to do and and let them do what they're going to do. That's for me. I, I want government out of my life. Mm-hmm. I want them out of my life. So I'm going to take, I'm going to fight the small battles that I know I can win instead of going after the 900 pound gorilla that's sitting in that. Well, maybe we don't know if he's sitting in that, that white house in Washington, DC, who knows? So rather than fighting that battle and, and, and giving hope to people where, where we, we don't really have hope to give, I'm teaching people what to do right now. I'm teaching what, what I'm teaching people right now is how to get a void judgment vacated. When these trial courts lacked subject matter jurisdiction, I'm teaching people how they can petition in another court to have that judgment vacated. Mm-hmm. That's the power we have. But again, Sean, courts can do nothing on their own. They don't have right. that power. We, the people granted them the power. And we said, okay, when we bring, a controversy before you and we are standing in because a we have an injury in fact and b we are swearing to its truthfulness now i have granted the subject matter that that court needs as long as i'm moving either under a constitutional provision a common law provision or a statutory provision as long as i'm moving under one of those i've granted that court the jurisdiction it needs to adjudicate the matter so that's the problem that we have is that the 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 raven brothers don't have the standing to grant the jurisdiction to the Supreme Court, the district court, the appellate courts, the jurisdiction that needs to adjudicate the matter. Now, if they go, like I said, if they go through the peti- to petition the legislature and they ignore them and then they go back and get a writ of mandamus and they ignore that, well, guess what? Now they have standing to get arrest warrants issued and they will issue those warrants and those people will spend time in jail. God, from your Then they'll start thinking God's about ears. Yeah. All right. Well, look, one last thing I want to just mention, you guys should comment on this. I was listening to Mark Passio, who was talking about natural law versus Satanism, essentially. The mm-hmm. elite, the people, the controllers of this world are really Satanists at their core. He lays that out in black and white. It's very clear. It's obvious to most of us who know what's going on. But he talks about natural law and he says most people no longer even know what is right and what is wrong. And I thought mm-hmm. that was really interesting. He said that, and I thought, hmm, well, I guess that makes sense. As Democrat Minnesota lawmaker, lawmaker wants menstrual products in boys' bathrooms in every school. So oh my gosh. up is down, in oh is out, good is evil, as yeah. in the days of Noah. So if there's anything I lament here and you hear uh, frustration or a bit of anger in me about the stolen election, it is because we have such a lack of justice in this country. The do- the yeah. Department of Justice itself covers up for the criminals. So that yeah, is what I'm lamenting is what I feel like is the destruction of our republic and its glorious system that was put in place by the founders. Yeah, well, people, again, these so people still want yeah, sorry, Dr. Graves, that that lawmaker, I mean, if you want to throw that back up on the screen real quick, um, for one, um, that's that that word needs to be changed from lawmaker to policymaker. OK, they can make no laws that the Minnesota Constitution does not allow them to do. So let's be very clear on that. So where so this is what I would say, where, where in the Minnesota Constitution have we enumerated the powers for you to be able to add uh, menstruation products in the boys' school restrooms. I, I defy you to find that because you're not going to. Well, so guess James, what? James, can I just say one thing? This is child abuse. I, exactly. very nature, That's this true. is the torture and abuse of children. They want these products to be available in the restrooms of boys mm-hmm. grades 4 to 12. 
Yeah. Grade four? How old is that? Like a 10 year old? Oh my gosh. I don't even know, but it's our child abusing Satanists. Well, again, it's, it's going back to what we say, right? Read your state constitution. I guarantee you're going to find somewhere under your article of rights that states that these provisions in this constitution are both prohibitory and mandatory. So, and in layman's terms, it's this, if it's not written in the constitution that you can do it, you cannot do it. It's not the thing, well, it doesn't say we can't do it. No. See, the founders were smarter than that because they knew there would be idiots like you who would come along and say, well, it doesn't say we can't do it. So let's just go ahead and do it and, and, until we get caught. The and see, that's the problem is that nobody has been holding their feet to the fire. And we hold their feet to the fire one by one in each of our individual states at the state level by filing petitions with the legislature and taking these idiots to court when we have standing to do so. And knowing the rules so that we can get the redress that we want when we go to court. But let me just say, if I may, just real quickly, I won't take too long. The the consequence of all this is in the hands of the people. If the people refuse to learn how to take part in this system of government that we have and allow it to be run by people who are motivated by self-interest and uh, narcissism, which is just tremendously destroying everything. Mm-hmm. And we continue to allow ourselves to be ripped this way and that way by all these issues that the politicians throw before us, instead of understanding that there are these things about which all of us can agree. There are these things about which every single one of us can agree. And they're called the rules of juridical reasoning, the rules of court, the rules of procedure, the rules of evidence, a set of rules that play this game for both sides. They don't favor anybody. They, well, they favor the person that knows the rules and how to use them. And they disfavor the person who is crooked. And they really do. If you just could spend more time understanding what these rules do, they yeah. put down the bad guy, the bad guys, the liars, the cheats, the thieves, the twisters, those people. The rules are against those people. And the American public could be standing up to tomorrow, maybe next week, a month from now, and begin to realize, oh, my gosh, why didn't somebody tell us that we have power? You mean I can have this man put in prison because he won't answer my interrogatory under oath? I mean, this belongs to the people. I think it's what the fellas and the girls, too, but what all those young people gave their lives for on Normandy Beach and Iwo Jima, that's what it's all about. And it's a wonderful thing. America's a wonderful place. I believe James said this. America's a wonderful place on paper. You're the one that said that, aren't you? I believe so. (laughs) It's a wonderful place on paper. So let's all learn. It takes a little bit of effort. You have to turn off the TV. I mean, I love watching football and everything, but at some point it doesn't hurt us to maybe spend a little time getting together with other friends and talking about these things about which no reasonable person can disagree. And if we want to find fault with what the people are doing in high places, good. Find fault with them. You file a complaint. That's how you find fault with them. Yeah. Let's wrap this conversation up with a nice, tidy little bow. Okay, we'll put a bow in this conversation with an anecdote. So after the local news the other day, TMZ came on, and I had it on in the background as I was doing some editing. And if you guys ever seen that show, they've got this this panel of little, not journalists, but they're Hollywood correspondents, right? And Harvey is the leader, the creator of TMZ. Well, one of these cute little blonde girls, clearly not the brightest of the bunch, 
she literally said, as they were talking about a new book or something that came out, she said, why would anyone read anything longer than a tweet? And she meant it quite seriously. She hates to read. <laughs> so it just reminds me, there this whole go. conversation, and I want to wrap there this up. Go. The bow that we're going to tie this up with is natural law. Because as Orwell wrote in his book, 1984, war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance, TMZ girl, is strength. And I think that explains why absolute nutcases, child abusers like this woman in Minnesota is demanding this for male students, grade four. I would encourage uh, the community to vote no on this amendment um, for a few reasons, um, practical, financial, social, emotional. Um, first, uh, there are a lot of schools that are moving towards gender neutral bathrooms. And if we add female, we might become obsolete very quickly. Um, second, not all students who menstruate are female. Um, we need to make sure that all students have access to these products. Um, there are obviously less um, non-female menstruating students, and therefore their usage will be much lower. And that was actually um, calculated into the cost of this um, and how much we decided to fund it. And so All right. I'll pause her because I can't stand listening to these vapid women. I, I, she needs to have it, a freaking it, head examined. It breaks my heart. But you know what? Ignorance um, is strength, according to Orwell. And these people took that literally. Well, if we this, if this we is no... If we teach the principles of justice, these issues will take care of themselves. Yeah. If we think that we're ever going to solve any of this by just taking sides on issues, it's never going to happen, and the children will pay the price. But yeah. we can learn how to stand up for these things about which no reasonable people can disagree. They are called, called the rules, the rules that make justice possible. Justice that makes order possible, order that makes peace possible, and peace that makes prosperity for all of us, not only here, but around the world, possible. And it all begins with the rules. We've got yeah. to learn the rules. We've got to share the rules. We've got to just stop allowing these issues to rip us apart. You know, black, white, male, female, all this stuff is designed by the enemy of our souls to destroy us. Yeah. But in the midst of all of it, there is a light. There is a truth. And if we will hold to that and adhere to that, and as the Scottish would say, hi to it, go to it, believe it, support it, talk about it, share it, and get serious about it because time is running out. It's not too late if we start now. You're right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll give uh, James uh, another word here and we'll show Dr. Graves' course and his website here in a second. But, uh, the other day, I was also listening to testimony of a young woman who was crying. She was, uh, I think, 17, 18 years old. She was at the YMCA working out. Mm -hmm. And a man who identifies as a woman came into the women's, uh, the women's locker room naked. And she was horrified. She was terrified. So she ran into one of these disgusting shower stalls and hid in there until he left. So she shared that with the city council, as I believe where I heard that. And the YMCA didn't want anything to do with it. They didn't want to hear about it. They said that's their policy. The man can go wherever he wants if he identifies as a woman. So here's the thing. These people are trying to destroy natural law, God's yeah. law. In what upside down world could it possibly be allowed or ruled legal or acceptable in any way to violate the rights of all women for one creepy, sick man who identifies as a woman? Of Only course, an upside right. down world can that happen. Yeah. You're, you're entirely right. 
the question though remains, will the people learn how to use the tools and weapons that they that have been purchased for them by the blood of millions of young people that did not get to come home from yeah. overseas? Will the people take this responsibility and learn these things and teach them to their children and get together in their churches and organizations and make up their minds? And this is the most important thing that any American can do right now in these in these times. Learn the rules and stand up for the rules and stand up for what's right and fight for what's right. But do it intelligently. Do it with decency and honor and, and, and in order instead of just randomly saying, well, that's not right. I hate that. It must go away. I wish somebody would fix it instead of getting up and standing on your own two feet and learning how to fix it. People, you know. People, a lot of people have won cases that have changed our world for the better. You know, we have a Miranda warning. You know, children don't have to go to a, a mixed racial school, a, a, a segregated racial school anymore. Things have changed because people went to court. But if we don't go to court and we don't fight and we don't learn the rules and then don't, you know, don't even mention the word patriot to me if you won't learn the rules that make america possible yeah all right we'll do a screen share here and i think james can attest to the fact that this course has helped him personally become sort of a pro quarterback level right in terms of the law mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you guys if you want to operate at a high level like these two gentlemen here's the uh here's the website how to win in court without a lawyer 249 bucks to really get everything you need to unlock what is legal and lawful and learn how to use the law to your benefit. And James, this has helped you, right? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, <clears throat> I took Dr. Gray's course a little over two years ago. Um, and I just, I, you know, when I, whenever I dive into something, I just, I just dive into it. I just, I just go and And what I love about his course is it's, it's laid out that like, if you prefer to read, you can just read it. Um, but he also has these crafty little videos that are, that are, I kind of call them funny and cute at the same time that really help you to understand the, the, the topics. And, you know, he, he has a uh, Peter plaintiff and Danny defendant. <laughs> so it really kind of helps you understand, um, where, where stuff comes from, um, which is, which I find is interesting, but, um, this, I, I'll just leave with this, Sean, you know, I, I don't want to, I, I hope that what Dr. Graves and I have been saying is that we're not we're not telling people all hope is lost because it's, it's not, you know, I, like I said, I, God bless the Raylan brothers for doing, or excuse me, the Brunson brothers for doing what they're doing. God bless them. And, and if they, you know, somehow find some, some way of success, then even more, more power to them. But I, I don't want to dash anyone's hopes because there is a process. There is a remedy. If you look back at history, the colonialists, before they declared independence, they were petitioning the king hundreds, if not thousands of times for a redress of their grievances. They went straight to the king. They didn't go to the courts. They went to the king. They went to the king. Now, when you have an injury, in fact, that's when you get the courts involved. But I just want to end with this because um, Dr. Graves hits the nail on the head. We're not going to learn this stuff in school. And Thomas Jefferson warned that if a people expect to be ignorant and free, they expect what never was and will never be. Yep. He says, an enlightened citizenry is indispensable for the proper functioning of a republic. Self-government is not possible unless the citizens are educated sufficiently to enable them to exercise oversight. It is therefore imperative mm -hmm. that the nation see to it that a suitable education be provided for all its citizens. 
I know no safe depository of the ultimate powers of the society, but the people themselves. Mm-hmm. And if we think them not enlightened enough to exercise their control with a wholesome discretion, the remedy is not to take it from them, but to inform their discretion by education. This mm-hmm. is the true corrective of abuses of constitutional power. Thank you. Yeah, that's beautifully said. We should run that over to the uh, TMZ girl and uh, maybe she can read a book instead of a tweet here and there. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, no, but that, really is. That, ignorance... that quote I just gave was longer than a tweet, so I don't know that she would be able to finish it. So No, but really it is the destruction of our education from within that uh, they've uh, sought with uh, all of their curriculum, all of their New World Order Rockefeller Foundation curriculum. Uh, what was it called? Um, Common Core, right? Yeah. yeah. Dumb American kids down to the point where they can't think anymore. Well, you're right. If you can't think, you can't be free. All right, guys, the website, howtowinincourt.com. I will leave the link below if you guys want to sign up and become a pro se legal expert like James and like Dr. Graves. Guys, thanks so much for your time today. I do appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. All right. Dr. Graves, thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, friends, thanks for tuning in. As always, for real news every single day, check us out for free at thephaser.com and sgtreport.com. That's the antidote to corporate propaganda. God bless you and yours, friends. Bye-bye. What's going on in the state of Florida is a beacon of light and hope for we the people. Todd, is there any other way to see it? Well, yes, there is another way to see it. I, I don't know that anything as important as that speech has happened in the last hundred years. That was a declaration of independence. So on January 10 of uh, this year, just some days ago, President Biden effectively dissolved the United States of America as a sovereign. Um, he, he gave away the borders. He, he created the North American area by, by virtue of a declaration. And what you saw a couple of days after was the governor of uh, Florida declaring nationhood. So while Biden was destroying the sovereign called the United States of America, that declaration, that speech by Governor DeSantis was a declaration of nationhood to the state of Florida.